1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we're reading from verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, reading from verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you, when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. This morning we are beginning a a new series, and over the next few weeks we're going to be uh, thinking about our shape. We're thinking about our shape. Um, if this sounds vaguely familiar to some of you, uh, those of you that came on our church weekend <clears throat> last year, uh, when we were thinking about Lum's Got Talent, uh, we did uh, look at some of this stuff regarding our shape, and uh, we were thinking about being shaped to, for serving God, and of course that's going to be our theme tune over the next uh, few weeks, so I hope you like singing that song, because uh, that's going to be... Uh, a recurring theme that we are shaped to serve God. And uh, uh, this was our church weekend in uh, St. Anne. Some of you were there and we've got the pictures to prove it. And uh, this was the passage that uh, that we looked at. Oh yes, you, were sh- you shaped me first inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, your breathtaking body and soul. I am marvellously made, I worship you in adoration. What a creation. And the psalmist there, uh, passage from the message version, uh, just celebrating the fact that God has created him and shaped him and made him to be the person who he is. And that's what we're going to be thinking about over these next uh, few Sunday mornings, about how God has shaped each one of us so that we can serve God together. And uh, during these next few weeks, we're going to be celebrating our different shapes and different abilities and different gifts that we have. Uh, This is the acronym for shape. Uh, The S is for spiritual gifts. The H is for our heart, what we're passionate about. Uh, The A is for abilities, uh, things that we're naturally good at. Uh, P is about our personality, the way that we're wired and the way that we function. And the E stands for our experiences that we have gathered over the years. And we're going to be looking at these uh, five different things over the next few weeks. This is where we're going to be going. And we're beginning this morning uh, with 
the S a shape. I wonder, first of all, who's happy with their shape? Who's happy with their shape? Put your hand up. Roy. Roy's happy with his shape. Uh, Tony is. One or two people. Ian, all men. That's interesting, isn't it? Uh, we've got some men that are happy with their shape. Uh, well, one of the things I hope will, will happen during this series is that at the end of the series, we'll all be able to put up our hands and say we're happy uh, with the way that God has shaped us, with the way that God has made us. Because hopefully we will not only, uh, we will see that, that God has shaped us in a particular way to serve him in the church. And part of this is going to be about finding our place in the church. Uh, Max Lucado in his book, Cure for the Common Life, says this, Da Vinci painted one Mona Lisa, Beethoven created one-fifth sympathy, and God made one version of you. You're it. You're the only one there is, and if we don't get you, we don't get you. You're the only shot we have at you. You can do something no one else can do in a fashion that no one else can do it. You're unique. Uh, God has made you the way that he has made you. And he shaped you to serve him. And hopefully over these next few Sunday mornings, uh, we will bring out your shape and help you to see where you fit in and how you can use your shape to serve God uh, for his purposes. So we want you to celebrate how God has made you during this service. Finding and filling your unique purpose for life. That's what we're going to be about. And if people want to pick up this theme in the house groups, uh, there is material that I can give you uh, to help if you want to use some of this stuff in the house groups, it might be helpful. Okay, so uh, this morning we're going to be thinking about uh, discovering, understanding and engaging spiritual gifts. That's the S of shape, is, uh, is all about spiritual gifts. And... Uh, I want to start by uh, describing spiritual gifts. Uh, Because sometimes uh, there is confusion regarding spiritual gifts. There's something uh, mysterious. Uh, Sometimes people find it complicated and difficult to know what spiritual gifts are. And so I want to begin this morning by uh, describing spiritual gifts. Paul says, now about spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, Paul wants the church that he's writing to to understand about spiritual gifts, about what they are, about how we can use them and how they uh, fit into the life of the church. And that's what we want to do this morning. So uh, we don't want people to be confused about spiritual gifts. We want people to know uh, that the gift of the gab isn't a spiritual gift. Uh, but the gift of tongues is. And uh, we don't want people to be uh, uninformed about what spiritual gifts are. So describing spiritual gifts. First of all, it might be helpful to say uh, something about uh, what spiritual gifts aren't in describing spiritual gifts. They're not the same as natural talents. It's not the same as natural talent. Sometimes people talk, don't they, about perhaps somebody who's very gifted, sporty. You know, they might be a great athlete and they say, you know, God's given this person this gift. But it's not a spiritual gift. Uh, Sometimes we're naturally good. Uh, When I was young, I was, you know, reasonably good at football. It was was something that I just seemed to be able to, to do naturally. 
there's things that we are able to do. Some people are, you know, naturally um, take to, to, to playing musical instruments. Some people don't. Some people are naturally good with languages. Uh, some people aren't. These are natural gifts. Different than spiritual gifts. Different than spiritual gifts. It's not the same as... Uh, as the fruit of the Spirit, you know, the fruit of the Spirit that Paul uh, talks about in Galatians 5. Uh, every Christian uh, should seek to have all the fruits of the Spirit in their lives. You know, love and patience and kindness and, and so on and so forth. Each Christian should have those uh, fruits of the Spirit in, the, in their lives. That's not what spiritual gifts are. Um, Eric Rees in his book... Uh, shape. This is his definition of, of, of spiritual gifts. See what you think of it. A God-given special ability given to every believer at conversion by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I quite like that. Spiritual gifts is a God-given special ability. In other words, something that you couldn't naturally do yourselves. Um, but it's something that's God-given. So... When we're describing spiritual gifts, we're talking about gifts that God has given to us to be used to glorify him in the church. So, what are uh, some of the spiritual gifts? Uh, can you name them? Turn to somebody and just, uh, and just name you know, one or two spiritual gifts. Have a little conversation about spiritual gifts. Can you name some? Just uh, give you a couple of minutes to uh, to come up with uh, some spiritual gifts <clears throat> okay what have we got let's uh, somebody shout out what what have we got spiritual gifts kindness okay kindness patience confidence Discernment, prophecy, wisdom, knowledge, teaching, healing, helps, discernment. Okay. Any more? Well, this is this is uh, this is not. A, uh, I'm sure it's not complete. In, in the Bible, there's, there's several different. Uh, listings of spiritual gifts, some of it in, in the passage that we read and, and the rest of chapter 12. You find them mainly in, in Romans uh, 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter. And this is a, a collection of, uh, of, of gifts of the Spirit that Paul certainly uh, mentions in his, his letter. These are some of the, the gifts. And it's interesting because some of them we may think are more spiritual than others. You know, um, if you've got the gift of administration, you might not think of it as a spiritual thing. Whereas if you've got, you know, the gift of tongues, uh, you might think, well, that's obviously a very spiritual thing. And it's interesting, isn't it, how even within the gifts of the Spirit, we tend to, to think some are more spiritual than others. When actually, all these gifts are given through the Holy Spirit to empower uh, the church, to help the church, to build up the church. And so these are some of the gifts. And as you look at that list, you might think, ah, do you recognize, you know, which, which gifting God has given you? Because Paul is absolutely clear 
that every Christian has a spiritual gift. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you have a spiritual gift. And one of the things that we hope will happen uh, during the course of this uh, series is that, that maybe people might discover um, you know, gifts that they didn't realise that they had. And uh, again, there's, there's things that we can do to help you if you don't know uh, what your spiritual gifts is. So describing spiritual gifts. Hopefully we've got some idea now of what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual gifts. We're talking about those things that God gives us uh, for use in the church, to build people up, to serve him. Uh, spiritual gifts, the, the gifts that, that God gives us. And of course the thing about a gift is, uh, you know, if you're giving, the person who's giving the gift gets to choose what they give. And uh, I know Paul later on talks about desiring the greater gifts. And, uh, you know, we might desire to have a, a particular gift, but God chooses which gifts to give us. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, about the uh, importance of recognising, you know, that it's God that gets to choose. You know, we live in a world now when, when we come to people's birthdays and Christmas, people make, you know, or certainly my children do, I don't know whether your kids are saying, they've got a list of stuff that they want. You know, and there's something, uh, you know, I can remember when I was a, when I was a kid, um, it was always a surprise, I never knew what I was getting, whereas now the, the, the children, uh, and, and, and there's something in that, isn't there, that, that God chooses the gifts to give us, we don't get to choose, we don't get to choose, God chooses which gifts, so we've described what spiritual gifts are, and the next kind of moving on is, is discovering spiritual gifts, we need to discover the gifts that God has given us, we need to do that. We need to we need to open the gifts. You know, if somebody gave you a gift and it was nice and neatly wrapped, and you took it off them and said thank you very much, and then you put it on a shelf and never opened it, the person that gave you the gift might be a little bit disappointed uh, because they'd given you, they'd thought about it, they'd gone to all the trouble of wrapping it up and giving it to you, and if you never opened it. Uh, the gift would never come out. We've all got gifts like that, aren't we, that, that are never used. Uh, I think I've mentioned before, when, uh, when Sue and I got married, uh, some 25, 6, 7 years ago now, um, we were given this uh, dinner set that, uh, you know, was a posh dinner set, eternal bow. Eternal bow. It wasn't my choice, I hasten to add, but hey... Uh, that's the thing with gifts, isn't it? Um, and, we, and we never used it, except on special occasions. And, and suddenly we decided, how silly, this, this gift that, that lots of people had given us, uh, just sat in our cupboard or on display, it was never used. And suddenly we decided, we were going to get it out and just use it every day. Because that's what it was given for, uh, to be used. And so, it's important that we open our spiritual gifts and we discover uh, what our spiritual gifts are. Paul says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kind of gifts, uh, different kind of service. The clue there, that gifts and service are connected. And uh, I think one of the ways that we discover our gifts is when we serve. And uh, that's not my idea, I, I stole that from uh, uh, a good friend of this church, uh, Rick Warren. 
who says this. Many books get the discovering process backwards. They say, discover your spiritual gifts and you'll know which ministry you're supposed to have. It actually works the exact opposite way. Just start serving and then you'll discover your gifts. In other words, there's a practical thing about discovering your spiritual gifts. It's only when you try to use your spiritual gifts that you discover whether you actually have them or not. A lot of people never get round to that. They spend all their time trying to discover what gift they have. But I think that's good practical advice. Just start serving God in different areas and find where you fit. And listen to what people say. You know, uh, receive feedback about your spiritual gifts. Uh, One of my roles in in the wider Baptist Association, I sit on uh, our regional um, ministerial recognition panel. And it's a really challenging job because you have to decide uh, when people uh, are put forward to that panel whether or not uh, somebody is actually gifted to serve in ministry. And it can be a very painful process if you actually have to suggest to somebody that this might not be their area of giftedness. I can remember one person, uh, you'll find it's very hard to believe this, who got really cross with me. And I'm really upset with me. And actually wrote to the uh, Northwest Baptist Association to complain about me because um, I didn't think he was uh, gifted to go forward to ministry. And I, and I arrived in this church and, um, and, and when I spoke to people about this person, nobody thought this person was gifted for ministry. But nobody had told him. And so, as is often the case, it fell on me to be the the bearer of bad news. And I had to to, to tell this person, and of course he took it very personally and got very upset about it, that it's difficult. But actually, uh, there's no point in pretending about these things. You know, if somebody's obviously not gifted for a particular role, uh, we don't do them any favours by allowing them to kind of budge on and plodge on. Because not only will they not be uh, happy and fulfilled, because they won't be doing something that God has gifted them for, but also they can make all sorts of mess within the life of the church. So, uh, discovering spiritual gifts, you know, it's, it's a good idea to actually uh, try. You know, if you think you're gifted to something, then try it and see and, and be open to receiving uh, honest feedback. Ask people to be honest with you. You know, do you think this is my area of giftedness? I'm all for, for people uh, trying things and not being frightened of failure. Uh, some of us went to uh, hear Ernie Wally yesterday, the uh, Baptist president who was speaking in, in Nelson. And uh, one of the things that he mentioned, you know, this fear that that sometimes we have of, of trying new things and new ways of being church. And uh, sometimes you just have to put yourself out there and, you know, it's dangerous because it might not be the right thing, but at least you've tried. And then you can say, well, that's not my gift, so I'll try something else. So discovering your spiritual gifts. To one that's given through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge. By means of the same Spirit, to another faith. And it goes on, Paul, to list all sorts of gifts. And he says, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one, just as he determines. So again, reinforcing the fact that God determines how the spiritual gifts are distributed amongst 
with people in the church. It's God who decides. And it's our job to discover which gift God has given us. Now I'm hoping during this um, series that there'll be people who are willing to give testimony. And so do listen up here. Um, this week I'll give a little uh, testimony about you know how I discovered my spiritual gifts. Next week we're talking about things that people feel passionate and hearts, looking at the heart. And so if, if there's something that you feel really passionate about and you've got a story, then good do come and tell me so you can share it. But I wasn't born a Baptist minister. You know, sometimes people say to me, uh, did you want to be a Baptist minister when you were a little boy? No, I've never, the thought had never entered my mind. When I, when I was grown up and became a man, the thought had never entered my mind about becoming a Baptist minister. It was as I began to discover the gifts that God had given me, and through the help, this picture, some of you may remember this moment, this was when Andrew Funnell was uh, uh, inducting me here as the, uh, as the minister of the Baptist Church, in case you're wondering what the picture is. Uh, but I became a Baptist minister through a long process of discovering the gifts, and part of that was by experimenting. I was part of a, a, bit, a bit like Roy was sharing, I was part of a young people's drama group, and we went round to different places. And uh, one week somebody said, why don't you speak after the drama? And I did. And somebody said, hey, that was all right. Why don't you do it again? And other people started to ask me to speak. And it was through um, using the gifts that God had given me that I discovered that people seemed to think that I had a gift for leadership and um, and preaching. And, and that's, that's my story. Uh, but it was through discovering spiritual gifts uh, that I became the person that I am now, a Baptist minister. And uh, it was a lengthy process that you go through. And I was glad that it was a lengthy process because there was lots of opportunities where people could say, hey, this isn't your gift. And I would have actually been quite happy if somebody had said that because um, I was, a, a, in at the beginning, I was quite a reluctant uh, Baptist minister. I didn't particularly want to be a Baptist minister. I was quite happy in the job that I had. But God put his call on me and it just wouldn't go away. And in the end, I decided, well, hey, let's try this and see what happens. And as I opened doors and walked through, other doors opened. And, uh, hey, 18 years later, you know, here I am uh, in Lum. <laughs> so that's my story. And I hope other people will be able to share something of their story to encourage other people to find their shape and purpose. So if you've got a story about a passion, or you've got a story about how you've used your abilities to serve God, or your personality, or your experiences, uh, come and have a chat with me, because we'd love some, if people could just give two or three minute little testimonies about their, how they've been able to use their shape in serving God. So do please come and speak to me if you've got a story, or you know somebody else who perhaps won't put themselves forward, uh, you know, come and tell me. But it's important that we do discover uh, the gifts that God has given us. Discovering spiritual gifts. And then finally, uh, having uh, described spiritual gifts, we know what they are, discovered them, it's then our job to develop them. We need to develop people's spiritual gifts in the life of the church. Uh, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Again, each one, everybody's got a spiritual gift. Sometimes people say to me, I don't think I've got a spiritual gift. You have. If you're a Christian, God has given you a spiritual gift to use. Notice, it's given for the common good. 
The spiritual gift that God has given you is not to promote yourself. It's not to make you feel good or anything else. It's for the common good of God's people. It's for serving God's people. The Holy Spirit gives gifts so that you can serve. That's an important point to remember. It's for the common good. Paul talks about Timothy, a young Christian. He says, fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame. In other words, use it. Develop it. Um, We only develop our gifts as we use them. If we're not using our gifts, then they're not being developing and we're not growing. And we're depriving other people in the church of the gifts that God has given to individuals, but for the benefit of the church. So your gift has been given to you, but it's not for your benefit, it's for our combined benefits and for the benefits of the community out there as well, as we serve God. Developing our spiritual gifts. Some things to be aware of. Don't compare spiritual gifts. It's, our, it's, it's part of our natural thing to compare, isn't it? Uh, you know, um, again, our, our friend Rick Warren says, you know, instead of trying to reshape yourself to be like someone else, you should celebrate the shape God has given you. Don't compare spiritual gifts, because when you do compare, you'll either be disappointed because you'll think somebody else has got a better gift than you, and we know that that's what children do, isn't it? Oh, they've got some, they've got something better than me. Oh, she's got more than me. He's got, you've spent more on that person than that person. Well, once we start comparing, uh, we're going to be disappointed. Or, we're going to start feeling proud. You know, God's given me a much better gift than they've given that person. And we're going to start thinking that, you know, better of ourselves than we should. So don't compare. Because God's given gifts not for your glory, but for his glory. And we do need to be careful about that. You know, when Paul says desire the greater gifts, sometimes people, actually they don't desire the greater gifts, they desire the more spectacular gifts. It seems to me that spiritual gifts are not given as a reward. Um, you know, you don't have to be a mature Christian for God to give you. In fact, if, if Eric Reese's definition is correct, spiritual gifts are given at the moment of conversion. Um, you know, so it's not about maturity. The maturity is, is in how we use our spiritual gifts. That's where the maturity comes in. So don't compare with other people because you'll either be disappointed or you'll become proud and puffed up about yourself. Um, don't project spiritual gifts onto other people. You know, don't think that we're all going to be the same. Paul says, you know, that there are lots of different gifts given to different people. So because God has given you a gift, uh, don't try and project that on somebody else and expect somebody else to be good at what you're good at. You know, administration, you might be surprised to find that's a gift of the Spirit. It's certainly not a gift of the Spirit that God has given me. Uh, but I've been in lots of positions where people want me to be a lot more organised and administrative than God has gifted me to be. And that's not an excuse for being, you know, sloppy and lazy and untidy. But, you know, if God's given you a gift for administration, then please use it. And if you want to use it around me, then that's fine to make me more organised. But, you know, use the gifts that God has given you. Uh, uh, 
But don't project them onto other people. Don't expect everybody to be the same. That's one of the dangers and, and, and faults we make in a church. We want everybody to be like us, don't we? And want them to fit our mould. The great thing about this series, about shape, is we want to celebrate the fact that God's made us different. But together, we are the church in all shapes and sizes and gifting and abilities and we can build each other's up. So don't project spiritual gifts and don't reject the spiritual gift that God has given you because it wasn't what you wanted. I didn't want to be a preacher and I could have rejected the gift that God had given me because it wasn't what I personally wanted. I'd have rather had something else. I'd have loved to be a, a gifted musician. I'd love to be able to, you know, play the piano or sing or uh, do something else. But don't reject the, the gift that God has given you. Because again, not only do you miss out, but the church misses out. If you don't use the gift that God has given you and develop it and home it and, and, uh, and enlarge it. Spiritual gifts, of course, should always be expressed in love. Uh, you may have noticed that... Uh, 1 Corinthians 13 follows 1 Corinthians 12. You notice that? And of course, 1 Corinthians 13 is that great passage on love. And Paul talks about, you know, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. We have to use our spiritual gifts in love. Otherwise, uh, they are worthless. You know, we have to make sure that we are expressing the love of God as we use our spiritual gifts to bless people, to encourage people, to build people up, and to win people for Christ. So spiritual gifts, developing spiritual gifts, uh, we want to encourage that. And again, one of the ways that we can do that is through house groups. And I will always encourage people to be part of a small group. Because a small group, it seems to me, is the best place to discover and develop your gifts. Because you can get to know people, and you can talk to people, and you can try things out in a safe environment. If you think you might be a gifted teacher, then why not try leading the small group and allow the small group to say whether that's your gifting or not. You know, if you've got the gift of, of prophecy, then try prophesying or speaking in tongues in a small group in a safe environment where you can feed, where people can talk back to you. And a small group's a great place uh, to develop and discover your gifts. And if you're in a small group, you know, encourage that to happen. If you're not in a small group, you know, think about getting in one. We have an annual kind of recruitment for small groups, but the small groups carry on all through the year. And I would really encourage you to be part of a small group where you can discover and develop your spiritual gifts. So, two questions to finish with. Have you discovered your spiritual gifts? Do you know what God has gifted you to do? If the answer is yes, then that's great. If the answer is no, then you need to do something about that. And as I said, there's all sorts of things that we can we can we can give you little leaflets and, and stuff to, to think about it. You can do that in your small groups. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts is, don't just leave it like that. You know, speak to people. And uh, find out what your spiritual gift... And then secondly, are you using your spiritual gifts to bless others? 
Are you actually using? It's one thing knowing what your spiritual gift is, it's another thing using. And again, if you don't feel that you're using your spiritual gifts, then again, talk to people in your house group, talk to me, talk to the leaders about how you might be able to use and develop your spiritual gifts. And hopefully as we go through this series, uh, we'll find all sorts of people with spiritual gifts and abilities and talents, and uh, the church will be blessed and it will grow and increase.